0: Hi, I'm Ryan Jennings, and this is a Kiwi Original. Today on the show, I speak with Mark Jung, who is the Global Security Advisor for Gallagher. This is a company that has its origins in farm fencing and more recently has shifted into the world of high security and critical control systems. These are places that protect our most critical buildings that need to keep people secure, like universities and government institutions around the world. They also look after critical infrastructure that we all rely on like utilities, prisons, and government buildings. These are the perimeter access control and security networks that power many of the building's security uh, that people inside are absolutely keen to keep. They've done a lot of work to comply with those global security standards and their capabilities are basically bringing intelligence access to rooms and resources in a new way. Amazing chat with Mark. He's generous with his time and his information here. Let's take a listen. In terms of the the backstory to the company itself, I think a lot of Kiwis know the the origin story of how Gallagher started and and got its, um, really got kick-started with the invention of the electric fence. Um, When was the moment where the company started moving towards these other solutions beyond just animal uh, management?
1: So in the 80s and 90s, probably the electric fencing for the two legged animals started coming into play, and that was done with a relatively low level of intelligence, if you like. There was um, the we had a bit of success in prisons and uh, various other things around commercial yards and likes, but that was with a relatively disconnected energizer that was providing the pulse. And then, in 1999, purchase of PC brought in the access control, and then they uh, integrated that and and continued
0: investing on it. And with the access control, uh, perimeter security, managing, um, really managing people, what are some of the core considerations if if you're someone that that owns a, a an area a commercial building, a, an industrial, Building. What are the considerations around controlling access to that building?
1: Well, it's really about having the right people in the right place at the right time for the right reasons, and and knowing that they're there. Um, if we take a step back and talk about what are we trying to achieve at galaha Security, it's about a, a, a safe and assured future for people and assets, and for everyone who relies on those people and assets. So, getting people home safe at night and making sure that those assets continue to operate and are there the next day to be operated for that economic certainty for people and, and safety for people. And the access control and intrusion detection and perimeter exclusion, that just works at a basic level. You know, we have to have that to have basic credibility. It's how we take the additional info that we can overlay with that and provide insights and Policy enforcement and campus experience improvements that really make the difference and add the value to our solution for our customers.
0: Okay, so this is what we're. I think for you know any employee who's been into a, a big building will probably recognise those those swipe cards or those key fobs that that you have that get you in and, and out of the building. The part that you're playing is actually the intelligence behind when someone does a swipe or or wants access you're aggregating all of that intelligence about who that person is, what access they get inside that building, whether they're allowed to be in that space. What's what's some of the granularity that you provide in in maybe one of the industries um, or areas like health or education?
1: So for, um, say... Education, we can go as far as integrating with booking systems, um, turning on utilities, power and air conditioning 10 or 15 minutes before the lecture theatre is going to be used, for example. Um, Then recording students as they they come into the lecture theatre. And then are are they there for the right course? If we have that intelligence, we can use our competencies to say, well, should they be in this room for this lecture or should they be in another place? Um, and then if you take that uh, as far as who's in the same room, that uh, contact tracing and proximity reporting comes into play in that situation, should there be an issue sub- subsequently.
0: So that's quite interesting from the being able to track who's where. It probably would have been a challenge for someone like me at university who like to to kind of jump into any lecture that I found interesting, not just the ones I was enrolled in. Um, what does that mean for something like the ubiquitous student ID card?
1: Well, the ID card is so many things now, from your access to your halls of residence room, to your lecture theatre, to photocopier, to library books, to... Um, the bus pass if it's integrated with the local bus environment um, it really is your your everything and you load money into that in the background via your your student arrangements and, and you go and um, exist in, in that campus environment and that wider university environment and the supporting facilities around it so uh, it's really important and some of the things we're doing we have uh, Bluetooth credential on phones now so rather than having to stump up to the registration desk and get your photo taken and grab your card if you've provided a photo that's been verified by some means then a credential can be sent to your phone and then that can be shown as if you need a challenge by a security guard or, or someone on site to say who are you yes I'm Mark Jung and here's my photo from my my Gallagher app that lets me into doors around the place they can immediately verify do that that challenge and verification
0: that's smart I think for for a university it's got to manage probably in New Zealand it's thousands but maybe in the US or the UK it's you know tens of thousands that's a lot of people you don't have to deploy physical cards to is that correct that the you, the card becomes a an asset on the student's mobile phone like any of their other apps Absolutely, and it can be integrated into the university app too
1: from so from the student or any campus or corporate office, it can be um, a seamless integration. So just part of their own company or university app.
0: Very smart indeed. What's the uh, you're the on the global security side of it? So what's been the take-up with uh, something like a service like this across the, the countries that you manage? Uh,
1: so one of the things that it relies on is the readers being Bluetooth capable. So there's a generation change that we did a number of years ago. So there's some campuses that are well enabled for it and are starting to take it up. And there's there's others that still have a bit of a hardware change out to go. But we have um, outside of universities, there's, there's some quite interesting use cases. Like we have Schaefer's Marina down in Wellington and they've implemented it. We have our T15 reader, which is fully sealed so it can handle the harsh environment that they've got down there. And if you're a guest launch owner or yachty as you sail in through the the heads there in Wellington, you can ring forward, say, I'm going to be there. Um, And from the comfort of their own home, if they've got their laptop at home, the Schaefer's Marina Administration can issue you with a credential and a birth number and tell you to head to that berth. You can use your phone then to turn on the power at that berth and... Then you can come and go from the the quayside there onto the, into the marina and into the additional marina facilities they have their showers and toilets and lounges and what have you uh, just with the credential on your phone so it can all be done remotely and simply so that's a and there's a heap of uh, different examples of that sort of thing where people are getting huge efficiencies and and remote ability to provide all of
0: this access. That's impressive because you, what you're speaking to there is you actually virtualize some of the services that, that a human would have to be present for you know, at the Schaefer's Marina to uh, make sure that person birthing could get all of the access to the things they need. Uh, what does that mean for some of the the other industries that you would traditionally uh, deploy security guards? Does it, does it replace them or does it augment the security guards?
1: It really augments the security guard. The security guard can have functionality on their own phone to do an immediate check of um, someone to say are they are they in the place that they're meant to be. Um, As I said before, are they the person who they say they are, Uh, with that that challenge and that photo verification, and um, they can also do mustering. You know, if there is an event and people have to gather up, then there's muster functionality through our, our more powerful phone app, the Command Center phone app, that can interact with the mobile credential phone app and, and check that everyone has been accounted for very quickly.
0: Right, so it's actually two-way. You Can you send messages to that phone as well to say, hey, you need to leave the building or we need you to, to move to a certain location for your own safety?
1: That's absolutely right. So we can do mass notifications to to the phone or two subsets of the, the users in the campus for various reasons. And it can be for any any notification, whether it's an action required or for information. So that's an example of an efficiency for a campus where they would have had to have an expensive text messaging functionality potentially there. And now they have just built in with their Gallagher solution, the ability to send notifications for all manner of reasons out to their, their wider student and,
0: and uh, academic body. So you're always looking like you're developing and evolving the technology for specific use cases, listening to what your, your customers or what these industries want. How do you prioritise internally what the, the R&D is going to be around uh, you know, competing uh, priorities for what you think that the next set of security uh, software should, uh, should offer to customers?
1: But that's always a challenge, as it is, as most organisations, that, that uh, prioritisation of projects, and we're no different there. We have clear strategies to grow in different markets and grow in different verticals, and there's the overlay of those strategic points versus the the payback, the perceived uh, or estimated payback for, for that. And we have product managers that do quite a bit of work around saying, well, what's the three-year horizon payback? What's the five-year horizon payback? And then... Um, then overlaying that with a strategy. And, and um, sometimes there's some quite compelling cases just from, from individual customers that you can see are going to take the solution forward in, in various ways. And a couple of those uh, over the years have come out of mining, as an example, and um, they have a lot of compliance issues there. And one of the examples that springs to mind is random cardholder selection, where they would have uh, to have random drug tests these people coming into the mining environment, and so you have nurses or, or whoever standing at the gate at the turnstile with a bag of ping pong balls, and you put your hand in. It. If you get a white one, you're away. If you get a coloured one, then it's your turn for a that's your random selection, and you go off to get tested that day. So, and they had a quota of people to test. So that what they're having was people sitting in their cars waiting until the quota had been filled, and then they would they would come onto the site after the nurses had disappeared. So what we did was sorted out this random card holder selection. It's all done um, A algorithm in the background, doesn't select people, you know, has a regularity, a minimum regularity, and then as people badge their card to come in through the turnstile, if it's their turn, it just pings up and says, well, your access is denied here, you need to attend the medical centre, and the nurses know who's coming and it's all set up and it's linked to labelling as well, so it prints out labels that have got their exact name on them because if there's half an inkling of a spelling mistake, the results can be invalidated, and makes that much more efficient and much more effective. So the number of uh, actual tests that were recorded and uh, goes up incredibly, and, and helps with their compliance. And another one we did was in terms of clearing the mines, which is electronic tag boards. So a miner would have a tag, and when they're down the mine, it was with them, and when they are out of the mine or in the safe area, it would be on the the tag board and someone would verify that everything was there before they could do a blast. So now they have their, the Gallagher badge and they can badge at a reader that comes up on the control center. The control center can see immediately that everyone's in the safe zone and they can do another blast. And the mine that we developed that for that allowed them to do two extra blasts a day. And that was over a million dollars a day benefit for them. And, uh, you know, so there's some incredible inefficiencies here, there just for mining. And then that's taking taken out into a lot of other industries. And, uh, you know, the electrical industry used those sort of tags for safety and uh, all over the place. So that one innovation for the mining sector, which was really automating what they already had, has had real benefit across a wide customer base.
0: That's super smart. So it, the two things I take from that is, one, uh, if there's human behaviour to get around some compliance issues. Uh, this can help resolve that through using systems that that are harder to uh, for human behaviour to, to get around, which increases, I guess, on-site health and safety, which overall reduces risk for the company. And then the second one there, you're really talking to, speaking to productivity as well as confidence and safety that, you know, if a tag... Uh, a digital tag is there that that person uh, is accounted for rather than uh, physical tags that if something drops off, you, you might have a real problem uh, on site. How much, how much does compliance drive Gallagher's business? When, when government comes out with, um, okay, here's the new security compliance or regulations in the, the US or the UK, does that spawn a, another set of, of development for the company?
1: Yes, it does. And, and we've had a real focus on complying with those government standards, uh, particularly in the high security area for the five eyes countries. And we've done a lot of work to comply with the US uh, federal personal identification verification standard, which came out after 9-11. And that's basically all of those federal workers and contractors have to be verified back to a single database. And it's Prevent someone who's been excluded from one site walking around the corner and getting a job at another federal agency or at a a government contractor and getting um, back in there without the appropriate scrutiny. And that has been very successful for us. Uh, We're in a a number of agencies over there and we're under assessment by uh, a number of other pretty large and um, well-known agencies. But of course, it's not the sort of thing you can skite about directly, unfortunately. And in, in the UK, we've put a lot of effort, again, into their cyber security standards, their critical national infrastructure approvals, and recently they've introduced this GovPass standard, which allows, um, again, approved government uh, employees or, or members of parliament, what have you, to use a single card to access a number of different agencies, buildings, and for that all to work seamlessly. So we're the, um, one of the first to market with that and we're the only one with uh, a, a complete end-to-end experience for the for the user there. So it's pretty exciting the opportunities that's gonna present over the next couple of years as well.
0: The New Zealand-made Kiwi trademark is relied upon by over 1,500 New Zealand businesses to gain a market origin advantage in the markets they operate, both domestically and internationally. Check to see if the good service or software that you produce is eligible at buynz.org.nz. What's, the, what's it like internally? Because you've still got that side of the, the business. There is still the, the animal management part and the security part is you know, relatively new, three decades new, rather than uh, you know, 1930s electric fence new. Um, is there a lot of sharing between the, the different parts or are they very different business units now because of their different ways of being applied to the market? Well...
1: It- at a fundamental technology level, there's a lot of similarities. You've clearly got the electric fencing for both the um, animal management and for the security uh, side of things. Though so We had to rebrand ours to monitored pulse fence because uh, a lot of places don't like it being called electric fence in their jurisdictions, so a uh, bit, of, bit of rebranding. But then if you think about access control and a card that you put against a reader and animal RFID air tags and being able to read those and associate them with weights and uh, animal productivity, there's quite a bit of alignment in the technologies from an R&D perspective at a, at a basic level. And then it evolves out from there into the specific uh, use cases that we each have. And then animal management have their um, resellers for and, and distributors, uh, big farm stores which are obviously quite different from ours which are the systems integrators who are very IT centric and as well as being able to pull cables and put hardware together um, and some of that's quite sophisticated in itself they're able to get busy configuring these systems and understanding complex networking environments so um, there is a fair bit of sharing and, and over the next few years animal management's going to evolve into a much more farm intelligence for um, area um, sort of and get some apps and things going there for their networks Um, that they have the ambition you know to be that first app that gets pulled out in the morning and they have things like water monitoring and metering uh, products that they've launched in the last few years and they're um, they're really evolving there so our Some of our cloud technology that we've developed they've used that platform to start building their applications
0: on so you really get to learn from each other's industries in terms of the customer problems but the core technology stack there's applications across both
1: yeah, absolutely. There's there's modules that we can both pick from there and take advantage of, and then when you get to websites and payment gateways and things like that, you know, all those those fundamental structural elements can be used by by both organisations.
0: When an organisation comes to wanting a security solution, at what stage? Because uh, you mentioned their solution integrators and network integrators, uh, at what stage does Galaher get involved with either the the bid process or um, are you are you a subcontractor, or are you actually the, the main contractor uh, going in for creating these these security solutions?
1: So, Galahad uh, is never the direct um, contractor with the customer, uh, or very very rarely. We work through the system integrators or channel partners, depending on which part of the world you're in, and. Again, depending on the opportunity, it might be something that the channel partner just goes in, they sell Gallagher and the first thing we know about it is when the purchase order for the system turns up. Or depending on the complexity or um, influence required with the customer, they might bring us in to the opportunity and we jointly influence it. Another angle that's really important for us is dealing with a network of consultants and specifiers. So sort of the, the architects of the security world and making sure that they're familiar with gallagher and the capabilities and then as they get employed by organizations to review their security or for um, designing new builds they will go with uh, one or two systems of choice and our aim is always for it to be one system and the gold standard is we are specified into a project and then we have three channel partners at least that can bid on that project and will bid exclusively gallagher so that makes um, that that's a nice life for us when that happens but um, other times, there's multiple systems that are potentially compliant and we have channel partners that are competing uh, with other channel partners or, or channel partners of the third-party system there for the, the opportunity. And then once the opportunity has been won for uh, with the Gallagher solution, again, depending on the need and the, the um, complexity, we might get involved in helping the channel partner implement that or doing some specific customization work or what have you there.
0: And is that the reason for having um, offices and locations? I was reading on your website, you've got uh, locations in uh, Melbourne, Ontario, in Canada, Hong Kong, Johannesburg, uh, the UK, Kansas in the US, Chennai, India, Dubai, UAE. Are these all the, the countries you can cover or are they the, the kind of the headquarters for regional coverage?
1: So the, the headquarters for regional coverage. So... Uh, we, and say for the Americas we have uh, team members spread out all over the USA and Canada and we'll soon have uh, one or two down in South America and those people cover the whole of the Americas uh, from there and the, the Kansas City say and Melbourne tend to be our logistics centres we don't have a, a lot of team members based there they're they're out in the regions where they need to be selling and working with the channel partners to, to build the business up
0: and I'm assuming your our, our chat today finds you in Hamilton, Waikato, but that is a guess. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's right. I'm here uh, sitting in our boardroom in, in Hamilton in the headquarters. So,
0: how many people are there versus the the other locations around the world? Uh, so overall, including animal
1: management and and manufacturing, uh, there's six or seven hundred here, and then we have about eleven hundred people around the world. Of course. A few of those people are our sales reps for animal management security that are based elsewhere in New Zealand. We have a um, gate and gate hardware manufacturing operation in Pukekohe We have our fuel systems division based down in Martin, so that's a little known fact that 70% of the time when you fill your car up with petrol in New Zealand, then that item you're picking up and putting into the car is a Gallagher solution.
0: I didn't know that. I did see something in my uh, notes about the fuel management side of it. And there was a a person who um, works for your company that was saying that you can can manage the fuel vapour. And uh, I think it was Richard Richard Coxon who said, there's 400 billion litres of fuel that goes into the atmosphere as vapour globally, and Galahad can help capture that vapour.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, places like New South Wales have uh, mandated that that vapour needs to be captured. So when you're filling your car with petrol, as that petrol comes out of the tank in the ground and goes in, um, two things happen. One, the vapour that's in the tank is expelled out into the atmosphere. And two, the, um, the tank in the ground creates more space for more vapour, for more of the fuel that's in the tank to vaporise So if you're capturing the vapour that comes out of the car and then condensing it and pumping it into the tank, you mitigate both, uh, you know, a portion of both issues. You certainly capture all of the vapour out of the car and you make less space for fuel that's in the underground tank to vaporize.
0: Huge opportunities everywhere, which is why I was asking about, you know, how do you prioritise the the R&D of the next set of of opportunities? Um, What got you into the security side of the business? Because you've been with Gallagher for, what, 10, 15 years, I think it was? Yeah, 15 years this this April
1: I've been here. So um, my career started as a graduate software developer for New Zealand dairy group of companies and uh, the general manager of IT at dairy group at the time, Wayne O'Halloran, was part of the team that employed me then. And then after a while, uh, four or five years, I uh, left to do a little bit of travel and then uh, wayne and the team there employed me back in just prior to year 2000 and then through the uh, Fonterra merger I became involved in what's now Fonterra farm sources as, as their IT manager and eventually logistics manager as well and then um, through other various changes I left there and was having one of those long holidays over the summer and and uh, the day that I sat down to write my CV up and was going to ring Wayne to say, can you be a reference for me? He rang me up. He was had come into Gallagher a couple of years earlier and he said, you need to come see me. So that was a happy confluence. So um, I came into security originally for about six months in a third party systems integration role. And then I moved into group procurement and supply chain and did that for about four years and then moved back into security division in 2011 and, uh, an operations management role and then um, Wayne ended up retiring in 2013 and I succeeded him in that role and then the the scope has sort of grown over time as the division has grown and then uh, at the beginning of 2019 when Carl Beetham who was the general manager moved to deputy CEO of the group I became global general manager of security so that's my career in a
0: nutshell and in your your current role as the global general manager, so two questions on it. What's the, the hard part and what's the part that you absolutely love coming to work for? The, the,
1: the hard part at the moment is is seeing into the future. You know, we we've had uh, since 2015 some pretty solid growth from we were 50 million and had a modest uh, very minor loss that year at 31st of March 2015 and have grown over uh, the five or six years to the 31st of March 2020 to $125 million and a very, very solid contribution to the group profitability. Uh, so enjoying that that growth and the opportunities that we're winning um, uh, iconic projects, buildings around the world that you see on TV just about every night and you know, and again, some of you can't talk about, but you know, or Gallagher's in there or Gallagher's going in there, that's that's really the exciting bit. Um, uh, the hard bit is prioritising prioritising the investments and um, work for R&D and also um, prioritising where where we put on new team members um, and then making that all balance with the current uncertainty that we have. So we're still doing pretty well. Um, yeah, which is which is fantastic. We're in a much, much better position than a lot of companies are in New Zealand and around the world. but uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a challenging last twelve months.
0: It's a, a fantastic growth in revenue and and if it, it does contribute to the group's bottom line um, with a, an amount of margin, that does give you some flexibility of where to invest next. Um, obviously with technology companies, uh, people are a, a big component of it, and the attitudes and and culture of a, a company. When you're looking to hire for Galaha, what are some of the things that that you look for from people coming into the business? Well, we have uh, quite a clear cultural
1: sort of uh, cultural framework, and and first of all, all its, it's high trust. And when you walk in the door at Gallagher, trust is given automatically, full trust. And that just makes things so much easier and so much faster. If, if everyone can rely on everyone else out of the blocks to uh, do what they say they're going to do um, and, and uh, just get it done, that's that's really easily. And then if you overlay, there's three pillars that overlay that foundation, and one's authenticity. You know we have the we have the chats that we need to have when we need to have them. We deal with the hard stuff, but we do it in a way that adds to the relationship rather than depletes the relationship. Uh, and we look after each other. That's a, a very clear element. And then we have ambition. We set goals that challenge and inspire us, and that drives us forward. And then we perform to those those goals. And we help each other where people are struggling. Whether it's uh, professionally or personally, others in the organisation will wrap around to make sure that that person can recover from that situation as quickly as possible, and that the team ultimately succeeds in what they're they're up to. So uh, we we talk a lot about that with new potential recruits, and we have a, a lot of people talk to new recruits. It's not just one interview and done. Um, and the other thing we use uh, Omnia. Personality profiles too, so um, that helps us with different uh, strokes for different roles as well.
0: And we're as we record this, it's the start of twenty twenty one, brand new year. A lot of people were uh, looking forward to the start of this year. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this this year that's coming up?
1: We've we've started placing some making some pretty big
0: investments
1: last year for example we have got uh, 15 more people on in our us team and a lot of those were taken on in the three uh, excuse me in the three months prior to christmas and those people are um, doing incredibly well already and the opportunities that they are identifying the organisations that they're dealing with in the fortune 500 level in the us uh, going to transform our business up there and I'm really looking forward to some of those opportunities evolving and, and those people really, really shining through the, the, the um, new and the existing team members in the US and globally that we've taken on. We have, uh, we're constructing a new building in Warwick in the UK for our European headquarters. Um, doing it at the right time if we'd been a year earlier it would have been a pretty bad investment certainly for the first 12 months been a bit dusty by now but uh, that will open in july or so and looking forward to the team getting in there and um, for that becoming a place of of learning and and promotion for gallagher not just security but we have a animal management distributor in europe and and we will have them in there and have their teams uh, giving their seminars and what have you as well so we're, we're looking forward to that. Um, our R&D team we're, and, and product team are, have got a lot on their plate at the moment too, and there's lots of new solutions that we're working on. Um, we release two new versions of Command Center, our, our software control platform, every year. Um, and as as always with those priorities, there's plenty of people waiting for the, for the new stuff coming out, and that will give us a lot of opportunities to further differentiate ourselves and comply with some of those standards that we talked about those high security standards so yeah it's uh it's pretty exciting and uh, the other thing i'm i'm hopeful of is a a stable a stabler, more predictable future but uh, i think that's a few months away yet
0: I, I would say so um i'm really glad to have asked you and uh, Um, for you to provide the the answers you have today because I think a lot of people know about Gallagher as the the company that that does electric fences and uh, is very good in the agricultural centre and that's certainly the foundation of the company. Yet, um, as you said, there's been this uh, very high growth over the last five years in the security side of things uh, and that is having a, a, a significant positive impact on the company. Uh, And I really look forward to seeing how the company grows, particularly in the US and the UK, as you mentioned, it's great to hear the investment there, uh, because compliance usually helps uh, shift things forward. And when you're a company that um, provides approved ways of meeting regulatory standards, particularly around security, uh, then that creates paths into some pretty interesting places and, as you said, some pretty famous buildings so I wish you all the luck in in 2021 with the the construction of the building in in the UK and also for your your teams that will be growing the territory over in the US. Uh, Mark, is there any question or area that I I haven't covered or or should have asked you that that, uh, I haven't?
1: I think uh, in addition to the compliance elements that you talked about then, one of the things that differentiates Gallagher, and it doesn't matter which division you're talking about, but I'll focus in on security, is the service that we give and how we stand behind our solutions. You know, we, we have a fully integrated site here in Hamilton. We have R&D, product management, manufacturing, all, all right here within a couple of hundred metres of each other. And from a manufacturing perspective, we have our tool and die that builds our plastic moulding and then our moulding, our electronics manufacturing, and then warehousing, which is US Customs approved. And having that all here on site and the ability that that gives us to manage our quality is a massive differentiator for us. And, um, you know, companies, the competition that are publicly listed can't invest as much as we might in solutions and service and have had to offshore their production Um uh, really hamstrung compared with what we enjoy here in good old New Zealand. And being able to take all of that from, from New Zealand to the world is is really, really exciting and allows us to back up our solutions with world-leading five-year warranties and and lifetime warranties on our readers. So it's, it's a great place to be. And the other thing that um, makes people really proud to work for Gallagher is our community impact and uh, what our shareholders give back not only in the Waikato but a bit wider but if we focus on the Waikato there's the Chiefs, the Waikato Rugby, the Westpac Air Ambulance um, and and a number of others down to things like Melville High School Deanery Fund where the Dean there just has the ability to buy some football books or a calculator or whatever it is that a child needs to make them successful this year yeah, so um, it's, it's something really special that the team here all enjoy and and globally, uh, everyone feels part of. So it's, we're very lucky.
0: It's great to be able to tell that story. And I think a lot of people, when they would uh, drive past the Gallagher in uh, in Hamilton, uh, you know, will know that that place very well from the outside. And it's great to be able to share some of the story of what's actually going on on the inside and how much of an impact that's having around the world at, at securing places that uh, that need to have higher security. So I really appreciate your uh, your time today and your insight into Gala and uh, where you're taking the company from a security perspective.
1: Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time too, and for the opportunity.
0: That's it for another episode of A Kiwi Original. Remember to subscribe on the podcast or on YouTube to receive the next episode. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you think could benefit. See you next time. One of the big things we had right from the start was we're going to push that it's New Zealand made.
1: New Zealand made? carries a lot of weight outside New Zealand. People don't realise
0: that. Well, you're by New Zealand, and uh, we were really motivated by your professionalism at the outset when we first contacted you, and that gave us the confidence to reach out to the rest of the New Zealand community to s- support this. We'll get two, three, four, five inquiries every day for people, and, and, and their only question is, are your product based in New Zealand? You know, they don't want to know anything else.
1: We knew there was demand in the market for uh, a New Zealand-made product, firstly, a natural New Zealand-made product. We have got New Zealand-made. That was the first thing I signed up to. I was really proud of that, and um, you're very welcoming. So, thank you, Ron. I think it's very, very important to sell in New Zealand as a New Zealand-made product. Originally, we were having to import components from overseas, it wasn't until we shifted to our carbon fiber model that we were able to say that the product
0: was made in New Zealand. And that was a huge, it was sort of a big goal for me. I wanted to have complete control over the manufacturing of it.
1: Definitely, it's something that we've been belonged to right from the beginning. And it just put trucks, especially New Zealanders, into our product. We've noticed recently, People have become so much more discerning about, they will up front and say to you, is it really made here?
0: And not have to rely on other countries and important components, especially in times like these, I'd I'd be, I'd have no stock.
1: Being able to front up to that and show your logo and say, well, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand that you have to have a license to show that logo. We have also New Zealand made on some of the other brands selling overseas. And it's something that people are looking for. The little triangle has been
0: a part of our brand for a long time. Is that an investment or is it a cost? You know, can, we, can we spend it, given what's going on? I uh, know it's actually good value for us. You know, we, we are a Kiwi company, we are proudly Kiwis.
1: And instantly had a, a fruitful conversation without any dancing around or holding back, or everything came out. And that was that was part of the, how, why it was so invaluable.
0: And so the best way to do that is to, to join the Buy New Zealand Made campaign, right? So. I, as you will see on any of my social media, so I'm, yeah, I put the Buy New Zealand Made logo. I'm on everything I can pass on. But just being
1: able to prove to people that it is New Zealand made, and that we've got a
0: story, that's great. You know, Pretty proud to be able to do that.